Hello and welcome to Rando Rob. Each week on Rando Rob, I'll be showing and discussing one item from my large collection of collections. New shows appear every Monday and throughout the week, I'll be adding older episodes of Rando Rob that were previously only available to my Patreon subscribers. You can watch episodes of Rando Rob on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Rob O'Hara. Just look for the Rando Rob playlist. Audio versions of the show are available on my website at podcast.robohara.com or through iTunes. Just search for Rando Rob. Thanks for watching or listening, and I hope you enjoy this vintage episode of Rando Rob. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of Rando Rob. As you can see uh, on this week's episode, we have uh, changed things up a little bit. There's no more cell phone video now we've got this uh cool place this retro hangout to hang out in uh as you can see i've had this very expensive uh neon sign installed i also had um uh, a starfield installed <laughs> no weird virtual reality room <laughs> that i have in here uh, i had a very specific idea of what i was going to talk about this week by the way i hate this camera angle it just it's weird it's like it makes a trapezoid um I, I was going to go out in the garage earlier and get the item about 10 minutes ago. I was going to go out there and get the item. And while I was uh, on my way out there, I walked past a shelf and saw something that I have not seen. Uh, for some reason, I haven't noticed this uh, item in the past two years that I lived in this house. And I don't know that I even opened it uh, in the past seven years I lived at the last house. And you're looking at it. Uh, right there on your left, that is a CD booklet, uh, a big CD booklet. I mean, it's not huge, but uh, it holds four CDs per panel. And I have it right here. Uh, I have not opened this in, um, gosh, probably 10 years, I'm guessing. And uh, I just thought, I know, I know a lot of the CDs that are here. I'm sure I forgot some of the CDs, but... Um, this was after I had purchased several CDs, but I was running out of, uh, wall space. I decided, Hey, you know, it'd be a good idea. Let's throw away all the boxes and jewel cases and just put all my CDs in this booklet. Uh, that's kind of unlike me. I, I don't like to throw stuff like that away. And, um, uh, obviously I, you know, looking through this. I'm sure there'll be some that I regret tossing. There's a lot that I wouldn't uh, care about. So uh, I don't know exactly how many CDs are in here. I'm guessing 50-ish. Uh, and if I spend one minute talking about each one, that's going to be an hour. And I've already been talking for uh, over four minutes. So we're going to get this show on the road. I am literally unzipping this. Uh, I will tell you that I... Uh, dusted it off before I brought it in here but uh, uh, so we are going to open this up here and I will try I'm gonna feel like a school teacher like I'm gonna be holding uh, these little boy that's not a great camera angle I'm sorry for that um, <clears throat> the first page here has uh, the legend of Carandia that was one of the uh, gosh what, what were those called the uh, I guess Legend of Crandy. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, uh, Shadow or King's Quest and uh, Hero's Quest and all that, but this was a, a separate one. Uh, in the upper right, we have uh, Doom. Uh, I guess that's Doom 2. 
We have Willie Beamish, and we have Battle Chess. So, um, really quick, um, Legend of Crandia, I think a lot of these are going to fall into this category. Uh, when I was working at Best Buy, we had a uh, the return system. So, if somebody purchased a piece of software and got it home and it wouldn't run on their computer, Best Buy would let you return it. Uh, and this was at a time when people were buying, starting to buy computers that didn't know how computers worked, to be honest, you know. And so people would buy the CD version and come back and say, I don't have a CD-ROM. I don't know. I didn't know. Uh, and they would let them exchange for the disc version. Or they would say, my computer doesn't have enough RAM to run this or enough hard drive to install this. And then, okay. So <clears throat> the, the um, I worked in the uh, what, what eventually became Geek Squad. But uh, at that time, it was just a small booth. And so... Uh, whoever the cashier was would bring the software to me and have me check it and make sure that it worked and then, and, and that it was complete. And then once that, once I did that, they would give them a refund or let them exchange, you know, whatever. And so eventually my job was to take that software and then take it back to the warehouse where it would get shipped back to, I guess, Best Buy headquarters so that they would get credit for it. But there was, no incentive to do that quickly. Like Best Buy didn't lose money if we hung on to it for a week and played the games. And then, uh, unfortunately, it appears like I've hung on to some of these for 25 years. Um, so maybe I will go uh, put these in a bag and go, uh, well, I threw the boxes away, but maybe I'll return them to Best Buy with a little anonymous note that's it, that's uh, an apology. Because uh, I do feel bad. I, we... I say we because all of us uh, up in the booth uh, would would borrow returned software, and and so I I don't think I intended to keep these, but uh, these are just uh, some of the ones I had when I quit um, Doom Two. Uh, I don't remember where I think I bought that at a thrift store. Uh, Willie Beamish, I bought um, right next to Best Buy, just across the street from us was a Circuit City, and Circuit City had these huge software bins where they sold software at discount prices, like $10 for CD games. And so I bought, I went over there a lot and bought games, which is kind of, I don't know if that's bad when you work at Best Buy and you go across to, to um, uh, it wasn't, did I say Circuit City? It was CompUSA. And so I would go over to CompUSA and buy those. Um, and then next is uh, Battle Chess, which is another one that I bought. Um, a lot of these uh, I had already, like maybe downloaded illegally, like Battle Chess, I mean, I had Battle Chess on the uh, Commodore 64. Uh, you know, I had it on the PC. I, I definitely had copies of Battle Chess, but it's probably one of those things that when it got so cheap, I remember CompUSA would blow out these uh, CD games for uh, $10 each that I would just pick them up just because it was cool to have the uh, the original CDs in the box. Uh, on this next page, on the left-hand panel, we have <clears throat> um, Seventh Guest, which is a two-CD game. There's CDs one and two. Uh, down here is Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure. And, uh, this is interesting. And then, uh, the fourth one here is, uh, a Beavis and Butthead CD. So I'll just show you the picture. Show you what these look like here. Is that, uh, I guess I can show you all eight and then I could talk about those. I'm trying to look here to make sure that I should just get some glare. Um, you know what? For you guys that are paying ten dollars a month, if you want, I will take high resolution pictures of every one of these <laughs> and upload them somewhere. Uh, 
Uh, seventh guest, uh, I believe I bought this as a gift to a friend, and then he got 11th Hour, which was the sequel. And when he got the sequel, he gave me the original so that I could play this. So um, apparently I still have it. Um, Captain Crunch's Crunchling Adventure. I'm pretty sure I got this in a box of cereal. And I'm looking here, and it says compatible with Windows 95 or Windows 98. Uh, and then it says audio CD, play track two. Mm. Uh, and then on the right-hand side, it says also on this CD, 250 free hours of America Online. So America Online, Captain Crunch Serial, that sounds like a winning combination to me. Uh, this Beavis and Butthead thing, I think this was uh, a bunch of mini games. Uh, this was a, a Best Buy return. Um, now, I'll tell you a secret. On this next page here, there's a Best Buy return, and I know why it was returned. On the second page here, we have King's Quest, and I can't tell, uh, The Princess Bride. King's Quest, The Princess Bride. Um, and then we have uh, Quest for Glory, Shadows of Darkness, uh, Baseball Tonight, which looks like a baseball game, and Mist. Uh, this King's Quest, I definitely played, you know, I had the disc versions of King's Quest. So when you bought it on CD, I believe this version also had full speech. So that was the incentive for, uh, um, getting it on CD too. This Quest for Glory, Shadows of Darkness was a Best Buy return. And, um, I brought it home to play and you could get, you could play for about 20 minutes and then it would hit a certain screen and it would crash. And I believe there's just a bad sector on the CD. I've never been able to find, if you look at it, there's no physical damage to the CD, but there's something wrong with the disc, which is probably why the person returned it. So I thought I was uh, getting one up and, and uh, this is probably one I should have returned, but never got around to. I don't think I've ever played this ESPN game. This doesn't sound familiar to me at all. Uh, it says DOS, but doesn't ring a bell. Uh, Mist is one that I bought in that bargain bin uh, just because Mist was popular and um, I never got into it. I tried to play Mist a little bit. I was just a little bit too much into uh, action and adventure type games, but I need a little bit more structure uh, in my games. That was just too abstract for me, and I, I couldn't get anywhere in Mist. Uh, looks like this next page, uh, I'm going to go left to right here, is uh, on the left we have Dark Forces, a Star Wars game. We have a CDR, our first CDR. I'm sure there are others in here. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, we have X-Wing. Oh, the X-Wing Collector's uh, CD-ROM. And Star Wars Rebel Assault. On the other side here, we have Interplay's 10-Year Anthology. That's a good CD. Uh, Mother Goose from Sierra. And then two Dr. Brain games. This looks like... Uh, what is this? The Time Warp of Dr. Brain and the Island of Dr. Brain. So, there we have those uh, eight CDs here. Uh, Dark Forces. I don't know. I mean, I do think this is the, uh, this looks like the full version. Uh, we had demo versions of this all over Best Buy. I don't remember where we got them, but it came, it was like the demo, the first level of Dark Forces and the first level of uh, Full Throttle. And we, I don't know where we got them, but we had stacks of them that we would hand out to people. But this is uh, the full version, which I 
must have got somewhere. Of course, on some of these, I should show you also, let me take the disc out. Here's the uh, the disc for Dark Forces, but if you look on the upper left here, uh, I saved the manual as well, and so the, I've got the manual uh, in here as well. So this is probably one that came from a uh, jewel case. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion, I don't remember ever playing that. It's funny that the CDRs I don't have any memories of, but I have memories of the uh, originals. Uh, X-Wing, Collector's uh, CD-ROM. I played X-Wing a little bit, and then I got into TIE Fighter, and I really, really like TIE Fighter. Uh, and then um, I've, I've got lots of Star Wars CDs that I picked up over time. I assume a lot of them are going to be in here. Uh, and then Star Wars Rebel Assault, which I don't ever remember playing on the PC. No, that's, I take that back. Uh, I had a... Um, I remember I had this... Um, I had a, a tower that was a 486DX4100, and I would play this on it, but not very often. I really remember playing this on, um, I think it was PlayStation, had Rebel Assault. Um, now, here's the Interplay 10-year anthology. I got this uh, over at, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I have this giant, this light that also has a, a magnifying glass <laughs> built in. Uh, this is when you're really getting old. And uh, let's see what's on here. Mind Shadow. Uh, Task Times in Tone Town, Barge Tale, Wasteland, Dragon Wars, Battle Chess, Lord of the Rings, uh, Castles, Star Trek 25th Anniversary, and Out of This World. So, uh, I and it says uh, Anniversary 1983 to 1993. So I'm assuming this came out. Uh, oh yes, there's a copyright right there, 1993. Uh, I bought this uh, at CompUSA. I remember seeing it. A lot of these games were super old by then, right? I mean, like Bard's Tale and Task Times and Tone Town. I played on the... Uh, a friend of mine had an Apple II GS, and I played it on that, you know. So those were old games, but, um, you know, I've never been one to turn down a, a collection of uh, good games. Mother Goose Sierra, I played on Floppy when I was a kid. I must have... I think I saw this at a thrift store. Uh, these these Dr. Brain games, uh, on the Commodore, there's a game called Castles of Dr. Creep. And I remember finding these in a thrift store and being very excited and then realizing that it was a different uh, series of games. Uh, on the next page, we have, on the left, Secret of Monkey Island. That's one you may have heard of. Uh, this looks like a homemade version of Sam and Max Hit the Road. Uh, Monty Python and Zorro. And then on the um, right-hand side, we have the Incredible Machine, and then the uh, even... Or, this is the Incredible Machine Contraptions, it says, and then there's another one that's even more Contraptions. And then we have Rampage, and then we have a game called Iron Helix from Spectrum Holobite. Um... So, uh, Monkey Island, I think will probably disappoint a lot of people when I say that I don't remember ever playing that. I, I know that I've played it. But uh, hey, tonight we're having um, Mike's Hard Lemonades. It goes good with podcasting. Um, I know I've played uh, The Secret of Monkey Island, but um, I don't remember where I got this. The Sam and Max Hit the Road CD is interesting. I'll tell you why for a couple reasons. One is because several years ago I uh 
I have a 486 computer, and I, I, uh, it's not that it's a, it is also a DX4100, but it's not the one I was talking about. And uh, I had a CD-ROM. I installed a CD-ROM drive in it, and I wanted to play some of these old talky uh, Sierra and point-and-click type games. So I burned some CDs. So I'm going to show you this. I'm going to hold this up close just so you can see it. So I bought a, um, uh, I think that was called a CD Stomper. And you could print these levels. So this is a label printed with an inkjet printer. And then you would put the CD face down or you put the label sticky side up. And then you put the CD face down like that. And you pressed it and you could stick the uh, uh, stickers on there. Uh, and I thought that was the coolest thing. And so on some of my CDRs, I would make these uh, stickers for. And then later when I went to try these CD-ROMs, uh, like maybe a few years later, all of them uh, stopped working. And what I found was that the glue on the bottom of these stickers ate through the top layer of the CD-ROM, which is required. It has to be reflective for the laser to be able to hit the bits and, and come back down. And so uh, basically uh, every CD that I put those labels on was ruined. And... I transferred a lot of my mom's, uh, our family's VHS tapes to home movies. And then I put stickers on them with uh, pictures of us that said home movies and stuff. And none of them will play anymore. Fortunately, we still had the VHS tapes and I was able to uh, recopy those over. Uh, this Monty Python, the subtitle is a complete waste of time. This was a, a big uh, collection of mini games and screensavers and stuff like that. Uh, and then the Zorro... I don't really remember, to be honest with you. I think this is another one I bought for a friend, and then he uh, gave it back to me at some point. He got rid of his computer or something. Uh, we have these two uh, copies of The Incredible Machine. Um, the Incredible Machine was a game from Sierra, if you've never played it, where uh, it was kind of the first game that I remember where you could... Uh, it, it, you had to solve puzzles, and it would say, like, you have to take a tennis ball from the left... And move it to a basket in the right. And it would have different tools you could use. It would have um, uh, treadmills and gears and, and motors and things like that. And you would build these little contraptions. And then uh, when you press go, the only thing that happened was gravity. The ball would drop. And then depending on how you had built uh, your machine, you know, you had to move the ball from the left to the right. But every level, I mean, once you got past uh, the very basic levels... Uh, had many different solutions, you know, so there wasn't any right or wrong answer. It was just how did you get that ball from the left hand to the right hand side of the screen uh, using, you know, what was provided. And so these were, um, I think, more advanced versions of those games. I think these probably are, um, I don't see anything on here. Let me move this just so I can see the front. Um you know, I just don't see anything, but I'm guessing that um, uh, that these are like Windows 95 uh, or Windows 98 type games. Uh, the original uh, was DOS. This Rampage World Tour, I um, found this at a thrift store, and it was funny because I found it the same weekend that I went to an auction, and I bought Rampage World Tour, the stand-up arcade game, which is <laughs> a weird coincidence that I got both copies of the same weekend. Uh, Iron Helix... I don't think I really ever played this game, but I, I, it's a funny story. At Best Buy, uh, our HP computers had this thing called a multimedia pack, and it was a stack of CDs 
that we gave away with computers. And um, I don't know what that thing is flashing in the background. I've obviously messed up something on my background, but uh, uh, we'll have to figure that out. Um, there's still work going on here at Randall Rob. The construction's not quite finished. Um, anyway, we just had stacks of these little boxes of CDs that we would hand out to people, you know, and this was a, uh, uh, on, on one of those CDs. Right. And so we would just, if you bought an HP CD, we'd give you a Grolier's encyclopedia and 3d dinosaur dig or something like that. And this is one of the games that was in there was iron helix. And so of course, everybody that worked there had 10 copies of those things. Oh, this is a fun page. Nice. I guess I probably should have read it first because I don't know how legible these are uh, when I hold them up like this. But on the left-hand side here, we have Dragon's Lair, Dragon's Lair 2, and Space Ace. And then on the right, these are five... AD&D games. We have Stronghold, uh, Fantasy Empires, Dungeon Hack, Dark Sun, and Unlimited Adventures. Well, I want to pull this light back over here and look at these Dragon's Lair. I'm peeking through this. I'm going to show you this. It's a giant, like, halogen light, but it has a, a, uh, a magnifying thing built into the top. Uh, Dragon's Lair here says PC and Compatibles. Uh, ReadySoft presents Dragon's Lair, age of 6 plus. And I was trying to see if there was a, a year on this, but it's all ReadySoft. This is a ReadySoft release. Um, and then the second one, Dragon's Lair 2, I can clearly see, says 1997 in the little type. And then uh, Space Ace. Um... I don't see a date on this one. Uh, so these were being sold in computer stores, and I bought these. We have a computer or a, uh, a bookstore here called um, Half Price Books, and it's mostly a bookstore. But they've they've uh, expanded, and they have CDs, and they, now they have vinyl albums, and uh, they have a small computer game uh area of pc games and mostly it's like uh the shovelware kind of stuff you know like um little jewel cases with bejeweled and ten thousand games like that kind of stuff but i ran across these there and uh this is where i bought them and i want to say i paid again uh i think there was 7.99 that price uh sticks in my head uh and so i i bought all those these D D games I loved, on the Commodore 64, I loved um, Heroes of the Lance. Uh, there were two or three different Commodore ones. A Curse of the Azure Bonds I really liked. And so I bought uh, this, and I remember I, I played Eye of the Beholder on the PC, which I liked. And I remember playing one or two of these and just not enjoying them that much. So I don't, I don't really have any good memories of playing these. Uh, this is a page mostly of CDRs. Uh, let's Let's see. We've got uh, Star Wars. Oh, this is all Star Wars stuff. Star Wars Force Commander, Disc 1 and 2. Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Uh, this is Star Trek, A Final Unity. Uh, Phantom Menace Multimedia. Uh, that's interesting. Babylon 5 Entertainment Utility. And then uh, the originals on here are 
Star Wars Behind the Magic, uh, which was a two-CD thing. So, you know, these CDRs, uh, I must have burned these games to install them for something. I do remember this Phantom Menace multimedia thing was, uh, you know, all the the clips and everything that was coming out around the time of Phantom Menace uh, was all in one CD. Um, but the Star Wars Behind the Magic here, uh, let me just show you that, was a, uh, a thing that you could buy. It's this one down here, obviously, it's the originals. Um, that uh, it was a Star Wars uh, encyclopedia for your computer, you know. And this was, uh, I believe, 90... I'm going to see if this has this on here. But it's definitely before Phantom Menace. I mean, this is probably like 95, I'm guessing, 94, 95, something like that. Uh, yeah, it says, Win oh, actually it says Windows 95 and Windows 98, so it may be a little bit later. But um, uh, it, it's uh, it was the first thing that I had on the computer that was just a giant collection of Star Wars information about characters and pictures and behind-the-scenes stuff. It's really, really cool. And there's lots of sound clips and multimedia little video clips and uh, stuff like that. Uh, this is an entire page of CDRs. I might be getting to the end here. Uh, we got King's Quest VIII. Uh, Mask of Eternity. We have Return of the Incredible Machine Contraptions, another return of, uh, or another Incredible Machines. We have AD&D Core Rules uh, and Full Throttle, the full version. On the other side here, we have uh, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. I remember this. Uh, full Throttle, The Dig, and Half-Life, which I'm sure I've never played. Um, not a uh, first-person shooter guy, but... Um, so this was definitely when I had that Windows 95 slash Windows 98 machine uh, installed. And so I had burned several of these like Full Throttle and uh, Indiana Jones just to be able to get them on that machine and get them installed. Uh, so that's what we have there. Uh, oh, this is a fun page. Uh, this is, there's, okay. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I'm going to read them and then I'll show it to you. On the left-hand side here. Uh, on the top two are Forbidden Subjects 1 and 3, and the bottom two are the Hacker Chronicles. Um, and then on the upper right is Secret Subjects, which is the same style. And then there's a thing here called uh, UFO. And then the bottom two, there's a Tony Hawk 2 uh, CD-ROM, uh, a CD-R, and Rise of the Robots. So let's show these here real quick. <laughs> There's got to be an easier way to do this that I don't know of. So, uh, I believe it was in the back of a uh, 2600 magazine that I saw a thing where you could mail away for these uh, Forbidden Subjects CDs. And so, around the same time, I would have ordered those. Uh, probably the Hacker Chronicles. Uh, I got those as well. Now, the Secret Subjects is different. Um, and I... <laughs> it says, None of the criminal acts described on this disc are considered uh, or are condoned by the publisher and should not be attempted for they may result in arrest or injury. Uh, so these Forbidden Subjects CDs and Hacker Chronicle CDs, and for that matter, the Secret Subjects one, are mostly CDs made up of BBS text files. So 
if you call BBSs back in the 80s, uh, you know that there were a lot of, we call them G files, right? And they were uh, text files that people had written about freaking and hacking and anarchy and everything from making drugs to making bombs uh, to getting free phone calls to getting free pizzas. Everything you could imagine people wrote text files about. And so uh, these... CDs, you have this forbidden subject. It says all over here, this is for educational purposes only. We do not contone. We're not responsible for use or misuse or whatever. Um, It's for amusement purposes only, it says. Uh, So these were basically big collections of text files. They had downloaded from BBSs, put them on a CD, and then sold them. Because, I mean, kids, you know, none of that stuff was copyrighted. It was was, uh, uh, open information. Now... I went to, in 1997, I went to Comdex, which was a huge computer convention thing that went on in Vegas every year. Uh, and I bought this one, The Secret Subjects, at uh, at Comdex in Vegas, which was kind of interesting because I was on a work trip. So I'm sure that I was wearing a shirt and a tie and had a, a government badge on, you know, and I'm buying these uh, hacker <laughs> CDs. Um this UFO, I think I paid full price for this. I mean, I think I paid 20 or $30 for this. Uh, it was a collection of UFO information, like sightings. And it's almost like the interface, I remember, is real janky. Um, but it's really just access to a database. And it pulls up text files and pictures. Uh, so any, you know, uh, classic UFO sighting is documented on this disc and it was really fun to go through. I'm sure it's super outdated now. It probably wouldn't even run, but I do remember um, that each um, little entry had its own subdirectory and each one had a little text file and it had the picture. So you could probably just browse uh, the CD and and get the info that way. Um, Tony Hawk 2 is um, one of my top 10 video games of all time. I made a list of my top 10 favorite video games and it is definitely on that list. And uh, I bought, I've bought copies of Tony Hawk 2. I have an original of Tony Hawk 2 10 feet away from me. Uh, but uh, I um, had Tony Hawk 2 uh, for the original PlayStation. I have a PlayStation Mini that I hacked and I only put one game on it, Tony Hawk 2. Uh, I could just play Tony Hawk 2 for hours. Uh, I don't know what it was. And like, I, I'm not a huge fan of Tony Hawk 3. And Tony Hawk 1's okay. But Tony Hawk 2, for some reason... The levels, the moves, whatever it was, just clicked with me. And so, um, obviously, at some point, I've downloaded and burned this. But, uh, I, like I said, I have originals of uh, the PC version, of the PlayStation version. And um, I'm on the fence about buying this new version. I really think the graphics look good. If you don't know, uh, Tony Hawk 1 and 2 have just been re-released for modern consoles. And I do have a, a PlayStation 4. But, um... I'm just not sure if I want to spend $40 for a game that I have 20 copies of. Uh, Rise of the Robots was a fighting game that used ray-traced robots. And it wasn't a very good fighting game, but it looked really good. Um, okay, on this last page, there's only two discs. One is Missile Command, and the other one is Mortal Kombat 2 DOS CD-ROM. So, let's take a look here. Last two. Um, Missile Command, I, I don't have any attachment to that. Um, that's a uh, 
one that I found at a thrift store. Anytime I would find something like that, like a a big box game, you know, I would buy it. And so I had the boxes all on a shelf. And I have the boxes to a lot of these, some of them, uh, still in storage that I may uh, put up on a shelf. I just had someone point out to me that there's a awful lot of white space on that wall behind me. And so I may be putting up some shelves there and put some stuff on display. Uh, this seems to have unzipped much easier than it zips. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so so um, I know that's where the missile command came from. Uh, and the Mortal Kombat 2, I know that it's a. I have a boxed copy, and I still had a box of it. The box was kind of crushed. Um, but uh, uh, that's another game that, uh, you know, I'm sure I pirated. I'm sure I had a copy of it many years ago. Uh, but... Um, uh, it's always cool to uh, pick up an original now, you know, and um, and have it. So that's where that came from. So anyway, that was a long episode of Rando Rob. That's more than one item. I probably should have counted here. You may have already counted, but let's see. Each one of these pages has eight. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight. And on the last one, we're missing two. So... Wouldn't it be cool if it had been 64? I should find two more and make it be 64, but I guess there are 62 uh, discs in there. So, um, you know, if, if you know me, I'm just thinking about things to talk about here. Uh, I'm the type of guy that would have games, and I do have games, in boxes and have them on display, you know. But at a certain point, uh, I think there were either... Uh, I needed space or they were games that uh, maybe I didn't have boxes. A lot of those I think just came, uh, especially uh, the thrift store ones were just in jewel cases and I didn't have the big boxes for them. So at some point I was like, you know what? I'll just keep the originals, keep the booklets. Everyone that I had the booklet for the booklets in there and just put them in that. But um, uh, so I, I do still have them. I can't really imagine using them. I'm trying to think, you know, if I ever um, finish, the room behind me here and uh, put my desks where I have rooms for, uh, you know, vintage computers and stuff. And that's in the works. Um, you know, maybe I, I would uh, use some of those CDs and stuff again, but it, it's just hard to imagine uh, in a world where it's so easy to throw an ISO on a USB stick. I mean, maybe not for, you know, uh, a PlayStation or something. And, and truth be told that, that, um, even that DOS machine, you know, when I say DOS machine, it's a Windows 98 machine, so it can boot into DOS. But uh, in Windows 98, it supports networking, so I could always copy files over or install something across the network. So, uh, I don't know. It's hard to imagine using those some of those CDs again. But uh, uh, the bad thing about it is putting them in this kind of defeats both purposes, right? Because you didn't really get them, give them away or get rid of them, so you still have them. You're still lugging them around. But, uh, you know, it's not fun to display them this way. Nobody wants to come over and go, hey, you want to look at my wallet thing full of CDs? Nobody wants to do that. But if you had the boxes on the wall, uh, it would be a lot cooler, you know. So uh, I don't know why I still have them. I guess I have them because it feels like they're uh, not replaceable easily. And and um, I don't know if you feel this way, but um, if I had a Nintendo with five cartridges... And then next to it, I had something, you know, a, a NES Classic, and I'd hacked it, and it had 8 million 
ROMs on there or whatever. It seems like I would always go to the one with the five physical cartridges and, and put them in and try those out, you know. Uh, there's just something about seeing those things. So uh, I get it that I'm not going to have this stuff forever and I'm I'm actively getting rid of some of the things, you know. So I don't know. It's a tough, um, uh, it's kind of a tough predicament. Do you keep it forever and hang on to it and hope somebody does something cool with it when you die? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or do you uh, put them in a booklet or do you get rid of it? I don't know. It's tough to say. So right now these are in a booklet uh, and that's about all I have to say. So when I go back out to the garage, I will go take them right back out and put them on the shelf they were on. And uh, probably when I get my uh, Susan, my wife calls this our forever home. She says we're never moving. So uh, my, my goal is to, you know, finish putting my, my desks up in the background, get whatever vintage computers out that I have or whatever I want, get stuff set up. And then that, uh, be the end of it, you know, so maybe I'll use these CDs, uh, one last time. We'll see. So anyway, um, thank you for tuning into another episode of Rando Rob. Thank you to all my Patreon supporters. Um, next week, hopefully I'll get whatever that glitch is that's going on in the background. I'll get that figured out. So if you want to check out my shows, go to podcast.robohanna.com and, uh, you can see all my podcasts on there. Um, if you want to see what's going on in the rest of my life, go check out robohanna.com. And uh, there's always information there. So that's it. Thanks for uh, tuning in and I will talk to you guys next week.